You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing our coverage of Nip Tuck. We're into season four, episode four. How are we here already? Time is just ticking away, um, and looking forward to talking about another great episode. This is Sharon Noble. Um, first came out on the 26th of September 2006. We're we, we're steadily closing in on being only 10 years behind here, so we're <laughs> we're, we're not doing too badly. Um, lots of fun stuff to talk about in this episode. And uh, my name's Nick, and uh, your chocolate cupcakes are looking extra tasty, Ben. Well, thank you. And uh, my name is Ben, and my podcast host might like it, but I don't enjoy working with a hard on. <laughs> oh well i mean yeah it's it's not ideal really is it no it's a bit awkward um yeah, yeah. i'll turn the cam off maybe and we can avoid anything but uh that's another yeah. story yeah 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 it's uh it's all that um uh christian white ass i think that's probably doing it <laughs> all the homoerotic stuff this season is just wow i yes. cannot yes. wow just yeah yeah <laughs> But no, I mean this is this is a good, a good, another good episode. I think um, some some pretty interesting stuff in this episode, and um, like we alluded to um, last episode, some of the, the crazy stuff in this one, which you would expect a show like Nip Tuck to play out for comedy, they they play out for like quite dramatic tension, and I'm not sure how they even get away with it, but they kind of do. So it'd be interesting to talk all that through, really. Ah, uh, it's just it's. I remember watching this episode and just like, holy crap. Uh, and the, the funniest thing about the whole scene is, like, you kind of touched on it last week, the fact that this is freaking Dean Norris in this scene, who, like, at the time I had no idea who he was. And now, obviously, you know, anybody who's watched Breaking Bad knows who Dean Norris is and pretty much, you know, that's, I guess, what he's best known for now. Um, but it's just kind of funny to me to think that he was in an episode of Nip Tuck. Oh, right, yeah, he was the one with the dog. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, and as a dog lover, Nick, I'm definitely intrigued to find your uh, thoughts on this. <laughs> yes, uh, it's, a, it's a very, very strange one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we kind of get, we pick up right where we left off, really, which is, um, you know, Christian comes onto work and, and kind of apologises to Sean for not being there for the birth, which is the point we kind of left off the last episode on. And um, it's actually, Christ, uh, sorry, Sean who's apologising because... Um, yeah, he was he was right effectively that uh, he was sleeping with Monica and um, well, not sleeping with sleep with once I guess, um, but uh, I guess his problem is that he wants to do it again. Yeah, I love how he says like I want to do it again badly, uh, and then kind of I like the sort of the reference when he says about like after Megan, I thought I would never do it again, and he's like what saying how he did it with somebody he doesn't even like. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting scene, kind of how like it plays. It's, it's rare for kind of, and I think kind of we. Um, might have talked about this a little bit, how kind of it's always implied that Christian's the one who makes the mistakes, uh, which I'm not saying he never makes mistakes. He does make mistakes. But, like, I think on the grand scheme, if you were to do a tally of mistakes, Sean's probably the one who actually makes the more, the most out of the two of them, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's probably something to that in that you notice it more because Sean actually regrets it and he cares if he makes a mistake. And you kind of get this right here. You know, like, he he kind of fesses up to to Christian and, and Christian's response is, oh, you made a mistake, big deal. You know, like, it, it, it's it's nothing, really. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it isn't nothing. When, you, when you're when you cheating on your wife, you know, that's not something that you really want to be just, just brushing off as a nothing. But I kind of wonder if part of that, too, is that Christian's obviously, um, you know, he slept with Julia, so, you know, all that stuff has kind of happened as well. So he wants to make it seem like it's not a big deal because it, it kind of makes him feel a bit better about himself, too. So I kind of wonder if that's – it's never said, but I wonder if that's something that kind of sits in the background of, of these kind of discussions. Yeah, I just want to mention this scene. It's like the whole, like, I think it's what guessing coming off last episode where kind of we get the weird Christian looking at the chocolate cake before, you know, like getting the yogurt. Um, but then like, yeah, like, can I just say how, like, first of all, Christian looking fantastic. Seriously, I keep mentioning every episode we do here. I'm sounding gayer and gayer every week here on the Oz Network. But again, it's not me sound, you know, whatever. It's 2017 slash 2018 when you're listening to this. And uh, it's more accepted, so men can get away with saying things that maybe sound a bit that way. But anyway, he's looking fantastic, Nick, in his red shirt. That's what I was trying in to say. In the red shirt, yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I keep meaning to point out, and I'm not sure that I've ever actually said it on the show, is that the kind of blue overcoat that both these guys wear, which I presume is like some doctor's coat, um, is like the most unfashionable thing in the world. And um, yeah, I'm not sure how Christian manages to pull it off, but he does. You know, even. Yeah, yeah, that kind of blue and red, yeah, and and just the overcoat is a ridiculous kind of it's a it's a bad fashion choice, but he manages to pull it off anyway. The, but uh, we kind of. Yeah. Okay, I just, yeah, I just want to quickly, really quickly mention here. I just want to say that it's dated the fact that 
First of all, we have a very ugly Nokia flip phone. They've moved on from the Motorola yes. Razors. But the, the really dated part here is like, remember the good old days, Nick, when if you wanted to delete someone from their li- your live, you just deleted their number from your phone book. That's it, done. No, you're never going to talk to them again. No other way. Now you've got to delete them from your phone. You've got to block them from Facebook. You've got to block them from Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Like, there's a process involved. You just get to, like, the fifth social media app. And you're like, ugh, I've blocked them from four out of the five. They can't get in contact with me. And they always find a way to get in contact with you. So uh, maybe that's just me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the good old days of 2006 when all it took was deleting a number from a phone. Yeah, that's right. The the pre social media age. It's a. Uh, I mean, we're right on the um on the cusp of the social media age here yeah. as well, which makes it, makes it quite funny. You know, like it, it really is a different time. Um, we had a YouTube reference last week, didn't we? So, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is funny. It'd be interesting to see as we kind of get a bit closer to the kind of Facebook age, which we're going to cross over into towards the end of this. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if there is any any impact of that as we go forwards, but. We get this next scene, and this is this is kind of weird. Um, which is you know, this kind of scene with with Michelle and Christian, and they're kind of it's kind of like the bury the hatchet meeting or something like that. It's it, it's kind of a bit ill defined, and I don't think this is particularly well set up. Um, but you know, and, and she's expecting Sean, and, and Christian kind of like, oh no, it's just me. Um, and you know, I'm not sure that I really buy that Michelle's that and Christian at this point, and you know, clearly that's going to change by the end of the episode, but. Um, you know, I, I think we're meant to think that there's this real sexual tension between the two of them, and I'm not really buying it. It still just feels like Christian's trying to trying to get some, and, and she's kind of ambivalent, you know, like not really that interested. I don't know what you feel if you if you kind of feel the tension more than I do. I definitely do. I I completely disagree. I completely feel it. I think we felt it in the very first scene these two were in in the room when they were just staring at each other. Um, and I, oh, kinda... I think we did then. Uh, yeah, like I, I do think we did then, but. We've had kind of three episodes since then, and I don't feel they've really built that story up. It's kind of just like, yeah, these two kind of you know like each other on a on a purely physical level, but there's nothing really more there behind it. Um, I've never I've never got the impression that Michelle's really thinks that this guy's great. You know, it might be good looking, but she, other than that, I kind of don't get much out of it. It's what I love, I think, about Michelle's character is the fact that just the layers here that kind of you know we've gotten sort of this this chemistry between them, and then obviously she's got Bert, and then, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm not in it for the the money. I love him." And then obviously we've gotten the whole scene with our Jacqueline Bissett kind of you know fondling her. So it's kind of like, well, what is she like? What does she want? Like, does she want Bert? Does she want Jacqueline Bissett? Does she want Christian? And kind of I just I like the fact that it like you know it's so late and you've got to you get kept guessing with it and you know props to Sana Latham for kind of just the way she plays his character and I just this is what I love about this season just kind of this whole storyline and like I remember watching this live just second guessing everything not knowing what the hell was going to happen um and I just think it's cleverly crafted and then the fact that kind of as I mentioned with Jacqueline Bissett's character who I'll just say her name's James we we find out her names in this episode um that kind of you know sign of the assumption that she's the big bad when you know when the reveal is who the big bad is, I think it just makes it even more amazing. So, yeah, I, I I definitely see it, and I just kind of like the fact like Christian is the type of person that once he sets his eyes on something, he wants it, he will do what he can to get it. And yeah. um, I just love kind of the the play with like how this will play out this season that we're so used to see him like with a woman that he wants betting them within like an episode. It's it's like this is the first time we've really seen him you know, take forever. I mean, you might argue Ava, but I don't think we had enough with him and Ava to kind of, you know, allude to it. Kind of like what you were saying here, you don't really see you have enough between these two. But this is, yeah, really that first, you know, you know, time that he will kind of really play this out over a long period of time to kind of get some, which I think kind of, to me, sets it up more, which it will become, spoiler alert, more than just him wanting to get into her pants. It's, it's more than just sex for him. Yeah, I think so, and I think we really kind of get that, you know, over the course of the season that um, there's a real relationship forming here, and, uh, you know, I just don't quite get it from her at this point, but, um, you know, I, um, I definitely know that's going to come, so it, it's not a major problem for me, it's just something that, that I kind of notice, really, but, um, yeah, we, we kind of get this thing of, you know, basically he's, um, you know, she, she's inviting him to, to some, what was it, some charity event or something like that. Feel harmonic. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. We get a little bit of the background, you know, that, that she was a, you know, she went into medical school, but, her, you know, her mother got sick and she had to pull out. And, you know, so we, we starting to get a bit of the Michelle backstory. So, you know, we're starting to build up, you know, a bit more interest in her, really. But, um, yeah, then Christian goes in for the, you know, goes for the kill, basically, and um, get, gets slapped. Um, you I'm know, not into BDSM. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah, he's um and 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 typical Christian style, he then gets pissed off. Um, you know, <laughs> he doesn't like being rejected. Doesn't take rejection well. This guy. No, not at all. But I do like that look on his face that we kind of get just as they go to the credits. So um, I think you mentioned at one point, like, good facial acting by, like, our, our main two. And I think this is just this is a subtle little thing from him. I mean, he's not really doing anything major with his face, but just kind of the look of frustration on his face. You know, can't get what he wants. Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, these two are just incredible actors, and they kind of just pull it out every week. Like, we, it's one of those things we just kind of get so used to it. They're so good. That we just take it for granted, really, you know? Which I love that, again, I always keep referencing the John Hensley interview, but, you know, when he was talking about Dylan Walsh, about how he's, like, saying, like, he didn't know if the camera truly captured how good of an actor he was, um, which I just think was an amazing line, and we always talk up how good of an actor he is. So, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, we, we get through the credits, and, and then Mrs. Gunther's there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really know what Mrs. Gunther is. Because, <laughs> I mean, we already know that they've hired an actual nurse. So is she like, I mean, we've got what we call Plunkett over here. I don't know if you guys have Plunkett as well. Basically, you know, after a baby's born, you get this kind of in-home help or, you you know, these people that are basically kind of transition you into, you know, and helping with the baby and stuff like that. But um, I guess that's kind of what this is supposed to be. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that. Uh, I'm sure we've got our own version here. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was like, this is maybe where last episode where I'm kind of like he just you know randomly Marlowe's working for them and obviously completely forgot yeah. about that whole scene because it's like well hang on a minute are they not here like um, you know transitioning another nurse here potentially I don't know but yeah. yeah and here was a good line that I could have used in the opening which was if you deny him the breast he will lose interest which <laughs> 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 is a great line um, yes. but it's a, and I guess kind of the underlying story we're getting here is that um, you know Julia is having um, postnatal depression. Um, and is considering if she needs to be medicated for that. Um, and, you know, Sean's obviously not very very happy about that. Which, I mean, you called it uh, postnatal depression, uh, which is what we call here in Australia, but obviously in the States they call it postpartum depression. Um, yes, yeah. Which I've, like, outside of Nip Tuck, I don't know if I've heard of. I mean, it's just, again, another one of these subtle little cultural things, I guess, or it's just another one of these American things where they want to be different. But, um, yeah, I, I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, just one of those things, I guess. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're kind of getting this little bit, and this is going to be um, one of the the big storylines of this episode. Really, is that you know Julia is struggling to breastfeed, and, and it's it's um, more of a kind of uh, I guess psychosomatic issue um, as opposed to an actual physical issue, isn't it? Um, yeah. That, um, that she's she's kind of feeling like she can't bond with the baby, and that it's her fault that he's not normal. And you know, this is the start of what's going to be quite a long journey for this character. Um, but yeah, that. You know, who's like letting go of the of, that there's nobody to blame for this? It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I'm not really sure there's too much more to talk about with no. this thing. We, we def- we, we, we're going to get some more, but uh, you know, um, Christian goes to the ER, which is unusual. You know, it's funny that we've kind of gone here. Um, that normally, even even patients who have had an accident, they tend to kind of end up at the at the surgery at the clinic rather than at the ER. So it's interesting that that Sean's uh, sorry, Christian's gone to the ER. Um, is, is that how you read it? That she's at the ER, or, or am I just? No, I just yeah, assumed no, she she's in... no, Sorry, well, I just assumed she was at the um at McNamara Troy. I never uh, oh, okay. thought that this was at the ER because I thought she kind of oh, said okay. that she went to the ER, but they kind of oh no, that she was going to go there, and that's why she's here. That's why I, I, I oh, thought she right, said okay. that. Yeah, right. No, no, no. I'm with you now. Yeah, just kind of because she's like lying in a bed, which is unusual. You know, it's a, it's a strange way to kind of start this. You, you don't normally see these consults on a bed like this. So, like, I think that's kind of what made me um, think about it that way. But yeah, obviously, we get the story that this is Sherry Noble, who's our titular character, who's um, basically we get the story about her. You know, her dog got into a fight and she broke it up, and the dog basically um, bit her nipple off. And it's, again, it's amazing makeup that we get here when we see this. It's um, it's pretty amazing. But she's um. You're starting to get that there's there's something else going on here because you know it needs to be done before her husband gets back from. Does she say where he is? Afghanistan, Iraq, um, or Afghanistan? Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know she needs to get it done before he gets home. Um, you know because he's already he doesn't like the dog and that it's vicious and and yada yada yada. So, and I mean I don't know what you thought, but yeah, I mean it's already coming across that she's got things to hide. Um, just in her the way who she's behaving. Look, honestly, if I remember watching it for the first time, I don't think I would have ever anticipated where it was going. But um, 
I think kind of if you watch this show and you kind of know the general trope of it's never really what the patient says it is. Um, that yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't expect it to go where it goes. I don't think yeah. anybody could have picked that. That's where it's going. Um, but yeah, I think it's. Um, it, you definitely feel there's more to the story here than than what she's maybe um, letting on. Um, yeah. So um, you know, we kind of um, we kind of leave that story, and we or do we leave that story? The, the surgery that we do is that on Sherry. I'm uh, I'm I'm getting forgetful um, here. The, yes, yeah, we've yes. got the pre wash scene, but um, yes. it is the oh, yeah. Yep, yep, it is. So yeah, we can, and um, you know we kind of get this basically um, <laughs> supposed to be the bury the hatchet after burying the hatchet scene with Michelle and and you know and the wash up as you say and and then we get um, basically you know we're kind of talking over the uh, over the surgery that Liz hasn't had a date in eighteen months. Jesus, um, yeah, she's her vibrator's got good use. But can I just point out, like, it's a very valid point that Liz makes because like. When Christian says, like, you know, I should say your chocolate cupcakes are looking fantastic today, um, like, that is sexual harassment. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be 2017, 2018 for that. That shouldn't be said in 2006. But, like, Liz has <laughs> yeah, a yeah. very good point. The way, like, you know, she says, like, oh, if a man mentions it, it's foreplay. Uh, like, she should really be standing up a little bit more for this because that's bullshit. Like, I know what Christian's trying to do here clearly but at the same time it's like wow michelle like jesus why are you so like i you know you're trying to defend yourself and kind of cover your tracks from uh james before but holy crap yeah yeah and i it is funny i mean i can't imagine saying that to anyone i work with um <laughs> probably anyone i anyone i know just like it's not something you would and say it's to slightly anyone. racist yeah. as well <laughs> yes totally yeah so it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a level <laughs> of the isms there christian like what what's going yes. on there yeah, you never want to double up, do you? You never want to have racism and sexism and something you're saying that that's not good. No. Um, so yeah, so bad Christian. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, basically he's he's going to um, he's going to offer to be a, a dating coach. He's going to be the hitch for for Liz. Which he's is, loving. He's, he's a bit of a hitch this season, isn't he? Like he's he's yeah, done it yeah. with uh, old uh, what was his name Thod or whatever it was a few episodes ago. Chod, Chad, whatever <laughs> it was. Um, and then yeah, yeah. we go with Liz. Like Jesus, Christian, you're getting off on this. Yeah, and I mean it won't be the last time. Well, no, it's uh, in the in the next episode with Dawn Budge. He's going to be giving out some advice as well. It's <laughs> it's not dating advice, but uh, he's going to be <laughs> going to be selling off oh, his Dawn uh, Budge. What an episode! <laughs> yeah, no, we're looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, and and so then we kind of cut back to um, yep, as as we talked about, Marlo kind of just arrives and and here he is, and he's he's painting this mural. I don't know what you think of the mural. I think it's shit, but uh, so that's just, just me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just when it's fully done and these, these humans kind of look like, yeah, these kind of pot bellied kind of weird looking things. Yeah. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't really, uh, I get it. You know, um, Sean, what does Sean say? It's, it's beautiful or a masterpiece or something at the end, but yeah, it's, um, it, yeah, it's, it's not for me. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we we kind of get this, this. I don't know what you think of this Julia Marlowe scene. It's uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. Look, it's it's kind of it's interesting to sort of say like last episode about how you didn't really kind of think that what was going to happen with Sean and um and uh Monica was going to happen. Uh, I kind of remember watching this thinking I never thought anything was between uh, Marlowe and Julia. Uh, so, like, I just kind of thought this was an innocent scene, you know, and kind of I didn't think of anything about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's interesting, particularly how we kind of, like, see Sean obviously looking on, like, when he's, like, what, fondling her breasts or whatever you want to say. Am I, is this his scene? Or, no, it's not this scene. Uh, yeah, no, no it, it is his scene. It is this one. It is, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm with you. The, the mural looks absolutely terrible. And, like, I mean, how does that go down? Like, oh, Marlo, thanks for coming into our house uh, and being our night. That's cool. Oh, you mentioned you're an artist. Do you think you could do a mural for us? Okay. Um, but like, it's kind of like, do you not like, that's, isn't that the part where Marlo's like, oh, well, what would you like? You know, would you like some bunnies? Would you like some trains? Like play, like, what would you like? Like, what do they say? Oh, artistic freedom, Marlo. You do what you want. (laughs) Like, it's, I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. And I just, I also love the fact that kind of the way Julia says like, oh, is that not a bit inappropriate? The way Marlo like defends it. Like he's defending his work. Um, and he's well, like a bit I, of a I mean, dick too, isn't he? Get, I, yeah, I don't even get the imagery really, which is you know the Garden of Eden, and it's kind of like that that moment of you know lost innocence and things like that. And I I, I don't really get how that ties in. Like I'm I'm trying to think of like oh is that something to do with Connor and his disability or you know like I, 
yeah, I just don't really know. Maybe I'll look back at this and it will have some relevance later on. But right now, I kind of don't really get the the imagery. I've got to say, it just it just reminds me of like you know the Simpsons episodes when like they give Maggie something cute, but it's terrifying to Maggie. Um, yeah. you know, it's just like, just, I think we need a scene of like Connor, like pulling a Maggie here and just getting absolutely terrified with it. But like, what's the dick line that, um, Marlo says when he's like, I will add color. Like he puts on a French accent and he's like, oh, and if you don't like it, I'll just paint over it. Like, it's kind of <laughs> like, like, who is this guy? Like, I'm not like, you know, it's not Peter Dinklage. It's the character at this moment of Marlo. He's a bit of a dick. Marlow sometimes so I just I just it's like wow I can definitely see Sean's side of things and let's be honest like you know again let's kind of go back to what I was saying last week kind of putting ourselves in this position if you're married Nick and you've hired a night nurse and it's a man and then kind of you're walking past the room and see his like hand on her breast breastfeeding or not I mean your mind has got to go somewhere to think something doesn't it uh, yes, I suppose so. Um, I think it's probably that whole thing of, um, you know, a little bit of a guilty conscience on Sean's part that he's seen things that he wants to see as well. Um, yeah, because, you know, he's, he's obviously, um, got, still got the Monica thing on his mind. So this might help him justify, you know, going back to Monica and, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> the kind of look on Sean's face is, you know, like he's going to punch him or something. It's, it's kind of weird. I'm not sure that, um, that he really sells that moment as well as he potentially could have. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a minor thing and, um, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah. I've got nothing else to say. Uh, the mural looks shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think we can all agree on that. Um, but anyway, we get to this lesbian bar and, and she, <laughs> Christian's at the lesbian bar still in his red shirt. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, they're trying to find somebody for Liz and you know, she's talking about Liz is a six. Is Liz a six? Uh, yeah, five, six, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 I think that's, uh, yep, yeah, it's good enough, and uh, she's getting getting checked out by this 10, apparently. Um, she's not a 10. Uh, <laughs> no, she's not a 10? <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, well, eight, well, Christian maybe, thinks that, seven. Well, Chris, Christian thinks that uh, she's checking him out, so he goes over, and uh, <laughs> what's the line he says? It is just like it's a brilliant line, something about, oh, I'm just trying to remember it. I've, I've forgotten oh, it now. But, no, not uh, hair pie. That was in another one. What, no, I, I swear I wrote it down. Um, yeah, no, I've got it somewhere as well. Um, it is... Um, um, I can munch, oh, dive, yeah. and dine better than any girl in here, and if you don't like that, I have a really lifelike dildo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a good one, and uh, basically, she's just like, "You're an asshole." Um, yeah, and, but I like it. the woman's kind of like, oh, "I do the munching," which is which is pretty funny. So anyway, yeah, the, this whole thing kind of leads to uh, to her going home with Liz, and um, you know, Liz wakes up, um, and her phone's been taped to her hand, and um, she realizes she's missing a kidney, which is a quite a turn of events. Pretty standard, really. Um, happens to me a lot. Uh, like. You know what I said in um, uh, last season, Ray Reynolds, that if I ever have surgery, I'm going to be absolutely terrified. Uh, if I ever go to a bar and a really hot girl wants to buy me a drink and go home with me, I'm going to be terrified. Um, because it doesn't happen to me. I'm like a three. Um, maybe a four. But um, I do like... Speaking of The Simpsons, <laughs> this reminded me of... I, I, is it... Um, I can't remember what episode it is of The Simpsons. It's the one where um, Homer ends up in a lesbian bar. And he's sitting at the bar and he's like, uh, yeah, wait yeah. a minute, something's not right. This has no fire exits. And he leaves. Yeah, and then like yeah. those two women walk at the bar, what's wrong with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love that. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the, and the same as in here, it's kind of the real like stereotypical lesbian bar where you've got like these kind of butch lesbians and like ones with mohawks and things like hooking up with each other. It's kind of a bit weird. No, look, um, but yeah, I anyway. I just, I was just going to say, I want to be completely naive here and also say the fact that, you know, I come from a small city. We have, like, a gay bar. We had two at one point. I think it closed down because we really do not have the population to have more than one gay bar in Hobart. But, like, I did not realise, I think, that it was actually just purely lesbian bars, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, I just kind of thought they all just kind of intertwined in the same thing. But um, the one thing I also want to say, too, is that um, I kind of think in four seasons of Nip Tuck, this, to me, from memory, is only the second time we've ever seen Liz actually kiss someone on screen. The other one would have been um, Sofia Lopez, of course. Um, oh, yeah. So, and this would be the first time then, and... Oh, no, I don't want to say it. It probably sounds disrespectful when I say, like, she actually kisses a woman. That's a bit disrespectful. I know Sofia Lopez, Lopez was a woman, but you know, I think you know what I mean. But, like, yeah, I, I, I think it's kind of, you know, it's great to see that, but this is fucking terrifying. Like, waking up with your 
phone tape. It's like, it's again, like, I remember watching this and I'm like, holy crap, I was, that's, you know, you think about things that might happen to Liz here, but this is not one. Like, oh, clearly she's going home and going to get a kidney stolen. Like, duh. Um, well, it's, it's, what I really like about it is that it's actually more terrifying because of the phone call she gets. It's almost like something out of Saw. Yeah. You know, like it's, um, she wakes up and it's not like she wakes up and realizes that she's missing a kidney. She's not like or in that pain or anything scar. like that, is she? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like not only do they call her and say, you know, relax, you, you shouldn't feel anything. We've called the paramedics. They're on their way. Like the whole thing is kind of just like so creepy. Like it, it's really, really good though. Yeah. Um, and, and then we kind of, we, you know, we head into this, you know, the, the hospital where, where Sean and Christian are there. And, you know, it's, it's actually quite sad because, um, you know, Liz is talking about um, that she's got nobody to take care of her. Um and, you know, Sean and Christian are there, jump into action. Um, let's just note uh, Christian's fantastic purple shirt as well. Um, <laughs> He's the Wiggles, purple, really, isn't he? He's just like, you know, purple. going through the Wiggles skivvies. <laughs> yeah, and purple and grey, like, not many people could pull that off. But, yeah, no, he does pull that off. And, like, have you noticed the season, just while we're talking about fashion, is that Sean wears this kind of beige suit a whole lot and it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Suddenly he's wearing, like, this beige suit and it feels very, very miami Um He's kind of wearing this beige suit all the time. Um, yeah, I, I just love how they always make um, Sean look like he's wearing like this kind of boring brown stripy shirt, and he's always wearing a tie. And it's like they always just really emphasise that Christian always is dressed cool, and Sean is dressed like a dad. You know, like it's just it, it's just they always seem to do that. It's kind of interesting because I think kind of we've um, you know lost track slightly of our we're going to kind of pay pl- close attention to whether or not we really notice this show is set in Miami and kind of really let's be honest at this point we don't it's like they're just with a subtle reference here to a key lime pie or like you know the Florida State prison system it's kind of you know pretty much all but forgotten about where we are and hence why like you know uh, this time next season we're going to be in a completely different location and you you know they play that up a little bit more but uh, yeah maybe that's just kind of their homage to. To um to to Miami or something like that, but um, yeah, you're like this is sad with Liz, like just you know, poor Liz, just you, yeah, you really no, feel for here. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've, I've got to say, like you know, I've I've been a little bit getting bored of the kind of Liz, you know, being this this um you know kind of social conscience for them, and and that's really like she's been quite one note, and I think this is a really cool scene um where you know we start to explore who Liz is in a little bit more detail and we get something a bit different. And um, no, I really enjoy that. And again, I like how these two guys are playing off, you know, we get this moment where she kind of, you know, says she's got no one to take care of her. And you get this moment from, you know, great acting by Julian McMahon where he kind of like, just like he closes his eyes and sighs and it's just, but it's just really well played. Um, Yeah. These guys um, nailing it as, as they pretty much always do. Yeah, I agree. Um, and kind of, I think the interesting thing here too is just kind of the setup that obviously we're going to get for this season, like, you know, where we kind of get the subtle little reference about like, oh, you know, this is starting to happen slightly. This is the fourth one since Christmas. And oh, you know, they go for about $200,000 on the black market, a kidney. So, you know, I think it's kind of, it's just a subtle little setup, which again, maybe it's kind of like a blink and you miss. You don't really pay too much attention to it. And particularly what's going to lead now into the James scene as well. Cause like, you know, it's just, uh, this is what I love about this season, how it's all so connected with all these kind of, it's a, it's a nice payoff when we kind of learn what has been going on this season and how it's all connected. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and then we get into the scene, which I'm I'm thinking, that, is this the one you're going to try and convince no. me is, is worthy of a time? Oh, I okay, mean, this is, this, is a gr- this is a fantastic scene. Like, believe me, this is yeah, great because yeah. this is well, just this shocking. Comes, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, it is brutal. And it just no, comes but this isn't, this isn't just, the scene, no. This this feels completely non nip tucked, and that's kind of what I like about it. It's, it. it's just it doesn't really seem to fit anywhere. So obviously we kind of get this um this this model that James brings. So you know, we're back in the office basically, and she's and a nine. Show. She's hot, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so you know James brings her in, and uh, basically she's she's talked to people she shouldn't have, and she's going to need to have her face reconstructed. Um, and um, Michelle kind of quickly picks up on the fact yes that she's a nine, and. Um, She's, you know, it's not going to be believable that she needs to have work done. And uh, so James has got a quick thinking there and picks up the this big heavy kind of ornament that's there and just like literally just smashes her nose in. Oh, it's brutal. And like, thing too, like, which I actually noticed um, too, is that if you actually pay close attention to kind of some of the office scenes in the earlier episodes of this season, that ball is on the desk the whole time. It's not like they just conveniently put that there for this scene to happen. But like, yeah, this is just like back to Liz's style of shocking. It's like, you're not expecting, like, Liz to get a kidney taken. You're not expecting for this woman to just get brutally bashed in the head with this ornament, kind of graphically, too, just kind of the brief little blink-and-you-miss moment where you see kind of the half a face ripped off. 
And just the way that, like, Jacqueline Bissett James is just so nonchalant about it. She's like, smack! And it's just like, oh, is that helping you out? Like, it's just, I love it. Like, I mean, you know, this is, I mean, this is a great scene. Don't get me wrong. This isn't the one I'm talking about. But, yeah, I mean, this is just so, so shocking. You're just not expecting it. Yeah, no, it is, it is really good. Um, and, and, yeah, I think this is kind of, we're starting to set up the fact that, you know, James is a badass, really, you know, like, she means business, and um, she's she's not going to mess around. And I, I think you need that. You need to um, you need to feel that she is a real threat. And yeah, you're getting this here. It's good. And the actress who plays uh, this nine, Natasha Alam, an Uzbekistani model. There you go. No, oh, I thought you were going to say somebody I should know from something, but no, nope. um, she's she been in lots of things though. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But no, and then we we go into the the. Um, you know, the surgery scene and obviously young Christian's got um, some concerns about what they're doing. Um, as you, as you may expect. Um, yeah, no, I think this is, it's all quite interesting that, you know, we're starting to get this and this is, this might be where the turn really starts that, um, you know, she's, she's starting to, to kind of have these, these feelings for Christian maybe in these moments. I don't know. Maybe this is the moment where it starts to happen for me. Um, if, if we weren't there already, um, yeah, but and so obviously we, we kind of get into you know Sean can't make it, um, so so Michelle steps in to do surgery. I mean, this it's a bit of a bizarre setup, I have to say, because this is not something that you would expect to happen really. And we kind of get almost like this this um, scenes from Ghost type of thing, you know, where he's <laughs> behind her. But you know, it, it, I think this is maybe a little bit too much. Um, but it's it's not terrible either. Look, I used to hate it, like, and it kind of I think it's kind of just one of these random things. It's just convenient that, of course, she happens to have a medical degree or whatever, and I've done this. But again, back to my point about the payoff this season, that it will make sense as to what this storyline is. Yes. Um, yeah. So I just like, yeah. I again, I wasn't necessarily sold on the beginning, but I, I, I just, it's it's weird that I like this scene of the the sexy surgery, like arm around her and kind of the the subtle glares at each other as they cut this woman's lip like i don't know it's just kind of like it should not be sexy at all but it is um it's kind of weirdly sexy i don't know i just like it it's just kind of a nice little scene between these two um but uh yeah and i just want to backtrack quickly i want to mention uh you know props to sana lathan as well just for the great acting when she was uh sort of just before the woman got her face smashed in the way she's like you know like you okay with this you know like the way she's kind of talking that and you know my last payment i'm you know just kind of the trap nature that you feel and again you're really asking like what the what is she doing why is she trapped in this and you know, we sort of loosely get an explanation this episode um, of why she's kind of indebted to this woman. But, um, yeah, uh, I think she, she's just such a great actress, Sunrise. I just, I really like her. She always goes up. Every time I watch this season, I just, I love her even more. Yeah, I think she is. A, she's a really good addition to the show. And, um, like, just, she's just really fresh, eh? Like, it just brings a freshness to the show, which it really needed. And, um, and no, I. I Sorry, finish your sentence. I was going to point one thing out. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm fine. Where you go? All I was going to say is, you know, is she the first black character on Nip Tuck? <laughs> like, let's, in terms of the diversity of this show, I know we've had Latin characters, but we haven't really had many sort of, you know, non-Caucasian, non-Latino uh, actors on this show. We haven't really, had we? No, I suppose not. Um, I mean, obviously, we've had, yeah, so um, our diversity has really come through characters who are from Latino descent, which you'd expect on a show set in Florida, I suppose. Um, So, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, But, yes, I think you're probably right that we've been lacking in some some black characters on the show. So, yeah, I mean, she's she's a really good one, obviously. Um, But then we kind of, you know, we're going to get back to that story a little bit. But first, um, Sean's going to fire Marlo. (laughs) Why not? Uh, you fondled my wife's breast, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. You know, he can't help himself, apparently. Which, I, I, you know, I do I just love the line that he says, like, Dick Sean, like, oh, because clearly you're, you know, in your situation. Like, and what? Because I can't get women. Like, you know, just like, what an absolute cock you are, Sean, to say that. And then I do kind of like uh, Marlo when he's like, oh, and by the way, you know, I, I've i got, uh, I can't remember their names, but like she's in the, she's a dancer and the other one's in a ballet uh, or something like that. Like, you go, Marlo. Um, but, I mean, obviously I kind of like, the, you know, the setup there, like, oh, I thought we were on the same page. I don't think Julie should be taking the antidepressants and... Um, yeah. You know, just like great Peter, Peter Dinklage, like again shines in this. You know, it's kind of interesting with Marlowe because, like, I feel like it's kind of alluding to before that he's not always a likable character. Like, I feel like he kind of toes that line of 
are we meant to like this guy or not? Because, like, he is kind of, you feel a bit for Sean when it comes to things. But this is kind of the first time around where you actually, Sean's been the uh, the dick and kind of Marlowe's really in the right here. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're kind of building up that, you know, this whole thing of Sean's got the, these guilty things going on and, and Marlowe's kind of this nice guy. And, um, yeah, I mean, Marlowe's story in this season is, is going to be pretty interesting. So it, it, it's good to, to kind of start building this up already, I think. And one thing I'll say, uh, Peter English does this thing with his eyes, which, like, we talk about expressive acting. Uh, but, like, just when Monica kind of pokes her head in here and it's kind of like, oh, you know, you got a moment or whatever, and kind of just the look that, uh, you know, Peter Dinklage kind of does, that he kind of, like, sort of, gl- like, gl- um, what do you call it? Um, smir- not smirks, squints. That's what I'm looking for. Squints at Sean as if to say, like, oh, well, who's this then? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I always notice that with Peter Dinklage. He's just this great thing with his eyes when he acts. Yeah. And another good line that we could have used, anything more and you're going to have to pay me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of yeah. course, then Monica shows up for her her follow up, um, and you know, kind of um, Marlowe's putting two and two together, which is quite interesting. Um, yeah, and as you say, using the, that kind of eye, the expression, the expression in his eyes, kind of give away a little bit that, um, yeah, he's um, he's kind of on to Sean, um, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure I would have picked that up just from her kind of coming around the door and saying, "Oh, it's now a good moment." But um, yeah, and so we follow up with a scene with um, with Sean and Monica. We basically she's saying she still wants him and. You know, offering offering herself more or less to him, which is uh, kind of a, kind of a sad moment, really. It's a, it's a little bit pathetic, I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's um, what what do you take out of this scene? Well, Monica's kind of one of those girls. I feel that just you know she sleeps with a guy and falls in love with them. So like you know, I mean, we kind of had that with um her beforehand saying about that guy that obviously she was involved with in Akron, and now here we are about like oh your hands, you know the way they touched me and. You know, just, I mean, like, yeah, I, I get your point. I, I, I guess maybe I sympathise with her slightly, uh, just because I'm, like, you know, kind of feel bad that she kind of is in that position and it's just kind of, you know, that she's kind of coming that way with it. But, um, yeah, just Sean's kind of... It's not, it's not, like... Sean's not stern enough here to kind of say no, if you know what I mean. Because, like, we know Sean, as we heard at the beginning of this episode, said, like, I want to do it badly. So it's kind of not like Sean's just like, no, Monica, no. Just the way he's kind of just like, you need to forget about me and just kind of the looks on his face and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, you're right. You're not wrong in what you said, but I guess I maybe just sympathise with her slightly in this whole stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think I'm I'm kind of sympathising as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a bit of a sweet scene and I, yeah, I kind of like building up on the storyline with her. So, yeah, no, it's good. Um so um, yeah, just thinking. Um, where are we heading next? We're here. We're heading to mm. this. Really, really, I mean, it is a really. I don't know if "fun's" the right word, but it is a pretty intriguing episode, I would say. But again, once again, we've got to talk about our McNamara Troy reception team um, not doing their job and basically just letting this guy wander the corridors at McNamara Troy. Um, and yeah, he kind of wanders in as Sherry's getting her follow-up surgery. Um, and, you know, she kind of starts to make this line line up about, you know, she wants to get some work done. And, yeah, <laughs> he, he came home early and found the dog and a, a thing of peanut butter, basically. So, you know, she, she's more or less uh, using, the, using the dog to, to pleasure herself. Um, so she's he, – and he kind of reads it, reads it as, you know, he's um, – he's, yeah, he, she's cheating on him with the dog, which is a, a, a kind of a. So this has obviously been an ongoing issue because she kind of he kind of says, "I thought we were we'd agreed that we're not going to do this again." Um, and yeah, I mean, as we talked about before, Dean Norris in this role and, and doing an, an amazing job of kind of you know the, this military. I think he does military man well. He did, he was a military man and then Starship Troopers, and he did that pretty well. He's kind um, of the same character in everything, is he not, though? Like, Yeah, he's kind of like, he, he, he suits kind of being in that that authority position, doesn't he? Because he's yeah. obviously, he's great as, a, as a, I was going to say a cop, but he's a DEA agent in, in Breaking Bad, and he, he's really good in that. So, he's yeah, a cop I, in I, Under I, the Dome, was he not? I mean, he, he ended up being like, yeah, like yeah. some sort of sheriff or something that kind of turned into like the mayor. Yeah, I, I watched like a season, they got repetitive, so I stopped watching it. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and so we kind of get this whole thing of you know he's gone home and uh, basically yeah, so she's she's using the peanut butter for the dog, which is uh, yeah seems like seems like a bad idea. Um, so that's basically what's happened with with the with the nipple getting bitten off. And, you know, so this is the this is what she was holding back before. But uh, yeah, and, and her whole thing is about you know she's been lonely, been left far too long without him, and it's, it's quite a sad story. But you know, it ends up with him basically he's killed the dog and he's got it in a duffel bag now. You know, like we we said earlier, this is if you, you, my 
professional opinion as a, as a dog trainer is that um, carrying around a dead pit bull in a, in a duffel bag would be incredibly heavy. They're big <laughs> dogs. Um, so this is, you know, we're probably talking 35, 40 kilos of dog, um, you know, that he's just carrying around in a duffel bag. There's no way he's fit this entire dog into a bag. Um, you know, and, you know, of course, anything that's been, been killed is dead weight as well. So it's, um, yeah, but it's a pretty shocking scene, I suppose, where you kind of, you know, pulls this dog out of a bag and, and, you know, he's kind of killed the dog. And, yeah, it's, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. One thing I would just quickly say before I forget, I fucking love Christian's face in this scene. They keep cutting back to him and just, like, that little, like, sort of, like, bit where he opens his eyes and, like, shakes his head like, what? Like, when he kind of sets about the dog and then kind of just those shocked look on his face when it's like, what's in the bag? And just, like, just we're going back to the facial acting of Julian McMahon. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's kind of, as you said, like, it's kind of, should this be played up for comedy or should this be serious? Like, it's it's tense. It's kind of like even the whole line of, like, what's in the bag? Uh, you know, what's in the box? What's in the box? Um, but, like, Dean Norris, like, how can he just steal this show when he's only in it for, what, all of three minutes? And just yeah, that, that yeah. line when he's like, when you seduce your own dog, like the way he yells. It's very, yeah. um, it's very, uh, um, I've gone blank, um... Oh, God, Walter White. But uh, who's, the, who's the actor? I've gone blank. Brian Cranston. Thanks, Ben. Um, but, yeah, just kind of, like, I love that line when he says, like, I did what any man would do to the person who his wife's cheating on or something like that. So, like, let's be honest. If he's, like, she's cheating with the neighbour, he's going to come drop the dead body on the thing and just walk off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's all it's all incredibly tense and... Um, you know, hand it to the to the show that they managed to turn this from what should just be a complete joke into you know this really tense scene and kind of ends with you know who kind of crying over the dead dog, which is yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a hard watch I have to say. Um, so you don't walk away from this laughing, I have to say. Um, you may walk away going, what the hell did I just watch? But you're probably not walking away laughing, which you know it's a credit to the show, I guess. Christian's face just sums it up. But I, look, I, I don't yeah. know if um, Ryan Murphy and the creators of the show coming into season four had just been, like, randomly watching some warped porn or something like that, and they're just ticking off the yeah. list. Like, oh, babysitter porn, check. Uh, men in the shower scene, check. Uh, you yeah. know, gay for pay, check. Bestiality, check. <laughs> it kind of just takes me to the, you know, that line in Road Trip where it's like, it's not cheating when, and, you know, like, the, the nerdy kid is like, you know, it's not cheating if you screw peanut butter on your balls and let the yeah. dog lick it off. Who you is know, also in face. Breaking Bad. Can we just point out that yes. guy? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically it, isn't it? Um, yeah, and so, um, yeah, no, no, full, full credit to them for making this a, a really tense and emotional scene over something so crazy. But it is one of those things where you, you look back on it and you think, again, this is probably a scene that you didn't need on the show. Um, it doesn't kind of connect to anything else, really, but it's just, it, it is well done. So, you know, no complaints from me, that's for sure. I want, I, I don't know how to make GIFs, but if I can make a way, find a way to GIF, I want to make a facial reaction GIF of Christian's eyes. As I'm, I'm like literally <laughs> rewinding this scene over and over again. The way, like, that's a what the fuck reaction on Twitter. Like, a yeah. what? Like, that needs to be a GIF yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> and it, re- it really, really is time to fire these, uh, these reception staff. Yes, yeah, they're I'm terrible. Um, like, military yeah. man or not, come on. <laughs> yes. Yes, no, nothing good ever happens, and um, yeah, that's a bit of a worry. But anyway, you know, we're kind of in the, in the um, the mop up here, I guess, where the you know somebody comes, is it police or whoever the hell it is comes in and gets rid no, of the Of course, dog. it's the police, Nick. That's the only time they're ever called into a crime in Miami when an animal's involved. Yes, of course, yeah. SWAT yep, are coming in. The yep. Miami SWAT are coming in. <laughs> yeah, they look. They're looking for Mister Tibbles or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> Mister Frisky. Mister Frisky. Sorry. Um, but yeah, and so you know, in um, you know, in, in the crossfire, Liz obviously recognises James. So uh, that's kind of you know, Christian can start to put two and two together now. Um, I, I still think he's doing well to put two and two together based just on that. But um, he's starting to get the 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 understanding that you know he's got something over Michelle here, which is you know setting us up for for where the story's going to go next. So I think we're four episodes, and it is time to kind of start moving the the ball forwards a little bit. So yeah, I think that's what I quite like about this episode is it kind of it's a transition episode really where we start to get away from this is the start of the season to start getting into some more meaty stuff um, I, as we go forward. Yeah, I always forget that. Um and I feel like I'm deja vu here because we were saying a lot of similar things in our third watch coverage at the moment that I, I always forget that this stuff happened so early. Like the whole, um, you know, Monica storyline. I always imagine that or remember it kind of in the, as a middle season plot line, not right at the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of the same with kind of just the first time that Christian and Michelle kind of, you know, 
do what they do in this episode as well. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting to me to kind of, you know, as much as I remember and love this season, just always just forget at just what point this actually plays into to this season. Yeah. Yeah. But no, and so, um, yeah, we kind of, we kind of move on and, and Sean comes home and, um, Julia seems to be doing a lot better. And he, you know, we go back to that line at the start about, you know, do you want a beer? So he goes and gets a beer and, um, basically goes through her handbag and realizes that she has, got antidepressants um he finds the bottle um that she's got antidepressants i love how like this never is the case by the way that when you get um any kind of um medication from the doctor at least on new zealand it doesn't say in big bold letters on the outside what it's yeah. for yeah uh, maybe that's no, the same, here. Thing, but same here yeah yeah, I think that would be some kind of um breach of privacy especially if you've got stds or something um, it would seem like... yeah sorry sorry finish yeah no that was that really yeah I was just going to say, like, it's kind of, like, remember back in the end of season two with the big plot twist when Matt's getting all the drugs for Ava and kind of, like, he, they're looking at the combination of the drugs. Like, hang on a minute, this doesn't make, this when combined, this is what these drugs mean. It's not like on the bottles, it's like, this is for, you know, tr- transgender <laughs> people to, to deal with whatever. But, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I just want to point out, though, this is one of these scenes where, like, I think Jolly Richardson looks gorgeous in this. I've never kind of noticed it before and I've never like gone out of my way to say that like I'm, she's not an unattractive woman but it's not really my cup of tea but um like I don't know I just think she looks beautiful in this scene when she's like all smiling and kind of doiting over little Connor here or something like that I don't know if it's just me or not but yeah um can't say I noticed it particularly but um yeah I think she is one of those ones that sometimes looks amazing and sometimes not so yeah no I, I definitely know what you're saying there yeah um, but yeah, and, and so then we kind of move into what I now assume is your, your the scene. This you're is tell my me. scene, uh, yes. Yeah, and I mean, this is a, I'll say up front, I'm not a fan of dream sequences um, or hallucination sequences. They kind of annoy me normally, but um, any scene where you're going to have our man Escobar back, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be loving it. And um, obviously not just not just Escobar, but Escobar in a red suit. Um, you know, it, it's brilliant. It is so good. Um, but. Yeah, so you know, after finding his antidepressants, he drops all pretense and he and he heads over to um to Monica's place. So she apparently has her own place um that they could have gone to first time. But anyway, um and she's made hash brownies. Um, he's going to get in on some of that and starts having some hallucinations involving Escobar and Megan. Um, you sound like you're a big fan of this, so oh. I'll, I'll let you take it from here. Look, I have just I remember when I first saw this episode. I've rewatched this scene so many times and just. A for one, I fucking love the song, uh, Obsession by An Emotion, which we've talked a lot about 80s music and kind of our remembrance when it comes to Grand Theft Auto, Vice City and Miami and things like that. This was on the Vice City soundtrack. So kind of, it just, it connects so well. I just like, I just love the setup. I just love how he kind of walks in and is kind of just, you know, whatever, and then takes a bite and just even kind of looking at here, just again, facial expression of Sean, the way he takes that bite and he's kind of like, hmm. And then just like, as soon as she presses play and then just starts dancing to the song, just like, you know, it kind of starts off awesome. And I kind of remember watching this going, oh, yeah, you know, it's pretty good. And kind of just the way, you know, he's kind of hallucinating and seeing her just like dancing and then kind of in her underwear. And then just out of fucking nowhere, Escobar walks into the room. Like, it's just, we have not had him since season two. Can we point out, he did not make any appearances in season three. Um, so just like, it's just so random. He looks awesome in his red suit. I just love the way he kind of does this weird little dancing thing and then kind of they zoom up onto that like devil thing looking on his chest. I just think it looks awesome. And then kind of obviously just like the hallucinations where, you know, she's like having sex with her and all that sort of stuff. But I just love the interchange here of like the devil on the shoulder motion when kind of like out of nowhere, Megan's back. Like I just kind of, I just love shows where you just randomly will have like somebody from a past season with no pretense of coming back. Just random. Here she is. Um, and I just, I just think it's just a nice scene the way kind of, he's just like, oh, you know, I miss you. I think about you. And just, again, the backwards and forwards between the two of them, like the devil, like on one side, angel on the other about, will you sleep with her? And just even less the random, like Julia moment where kind of, you know, like Escobar's like having sex and then like that, like mentioning the apples and. I don't know. I just think, again, this is just one of these scenes that sums up Nip Tuck to me. I just love this scene so much. And just it's just the soundtrack with it. Just everything works. If I'm, like, trying to sell Nip Tuck to somebody and, like, show one scene of Nip Tuck to try and make sense of it. I mean, like, this, I guess, doesn't make sense of the overall grand scheme of things. But I don't know. There's just something about it. And then just even kind of just, you know, the bit when he says, like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. Like, I don't know. It's just, like, so just, like... Oh, I just love this scene so much. It's just, it's just amazing. 
yeah, no, I really like it too, and I, I like all the um, the imagery. Like, I, yeah, like I said, you know, Escobar turning up and he's in like a red suit, so he's done up like the devil. You know, as he walks through, the kind of candles all all go like oh, it's hell. Brilliant. You know, it's um, you know, it, it is really good. And yeah, so I like I like the whole thing of they're kind of making it like um, the, the whole thing of the conscience. You know, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and you know, I think it's it, it's really good. And kind of Sean talking through kind of what's going through his his mind. Um, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, just Escobar. Anytime Escobar's in this stuff, it, it, it is really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, this this could border on the the crazy and the surreal. You know, like when he's kind of like his tongues out, and it's kind of, yeah, it is it, it is super weird. Uh, but it, it's not awful either. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I do really enjoy the scene. I'm I'm probably not as high on it as you are, but I you know I do really like it. And like I said, you know, for somebody who's not really into dream or hallucination sequences, that's probably saying quite a lot. Um, yeah, and, and just seeing kind of Sean work through his problems in this one scene is, is, is really cool. Yeah, no, it's uh, it kind of has a lot there. And it, I think it kind of also gives you a great explanation in regards to, like, you know, we mentioned about how, like, him sleeping with Monica was kind of random. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but then kind of this really gives you a good sort of explanation to it. And then just, you know, I just think the use of Megan's really intelligent. And again, kind of yeah. this is this is one of those things that, like, if you've picked up on the show late and you kind of joined in the third season because of the Carver stuff, I mean, you have no idea who this woman is. Um, but, you know, I just kind of, I just, yeah, I just don't know. I just think it's it's just so good. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's, it's kind of, this is the kind of thing that's rewarding the long-term viewers, um, which is which is cool. Um, as people who are long-term viewers, we're, we're going to appreciate this stuff. So, yeah, it, it is really good. I do like it. Um, and I think it ends appropriately too. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it does end really well. I think if he... You know, if, he, if something ends up happening with Monica, then the scene feels a little bit lesser. But because he doesn't, um, yeah, no, I, I do really enjoy the way the scene ends. So, yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not sure that at the end of it we'll be talking about it being the best one of the season, but um, I'm definitely keen to include it in a discussion about top five for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Nick. You make me happy. Did you think I wasn't going to like it? Uh, well, I mean, I know your kind of track record with sort of dreamy kind of sequences, so um, I didn't know. And again, kind of going back to what we talked about uh, initially when Sean had sex with uh, Monica, I was kind of like, look, I've never really had a discussion with a person. Like, I've read opinions on it online, but I haven't necessarily had a had a conversation with a person to kind of share some back and forth opinions of it. So, um, and that's also like what I'm definitely looking forward to when we eventually get to the Flash Forward episode this season, kind of really have a discussion around that. Because I'm probably going to assume you're not going to like that episode. Um, but again, that's probably not an, an uncommon opinion because as I said, it's often regarded as the worst episode of Nip Tuck. Uh, but we've already watched that episode, as we know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, and I think, um, y- you know, for me, I think it, just any scene where you're going to have Escobar and any excuse to have him back, I'm going to love it. Because I think he's just, he's such a dynamic character. And, um, you know, he was such a, a a key reason why I really liked that first episode. And, you know, a, a big, sorry, that first season. And, you know, if you like the first season and you get hooked, then then you know, that's going to keep you coming back. So I think we've got Escobar to thank for a lot of that too. So, yeah, for sure, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we can probably then move on from the scene, I suppose. Um, and, um, yeah, I think um, we are into the scene with Christian and... Bert? Uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, Christian and Bert. Yeah, so uh, Christian and Bert, Michelle comes home. The two of them are drinking on the bed, um, you know, which is which is fun. And she's obviously, you know, had a really tough day. And <laughs> this is probably the last thing she's really wanting to deal with. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it's a good one. And um, we, we kind of go into this whole thing where, um, uh, you know, we get a bit more of the discussion between Michelle and, and James, obviously. Um, obviously not in front of Bert. Um, this is something that's happening behind behind closed doors um and yeah and then we we kind of get into this whole thing of you know i'll keep your secret if you keep mine and you know what's your secret oh that i'm you know made love to his wife before dinner um which is pretty ballsy to you know be be screwing somebody's wife while he's still in the house even if he is laid up um it it does seem pretty pretty uh pretty ballsy but you know this is obviously quite a big scene because this is going to kind of propel the action going forwards in in the season which i just love about this whole storyline and kind of like I mean, there's one bit here which kind of I always, like, think doesn't really make sense. I guess it's just kind of a, the timeline of it again. It's kind of like when she's like, oh, I'm going off to have a shower and then kind of cut to her entering a room and then Christian sitting in a chair. I'm assuming that's after her shower because the way it kind of is edited, it almost looks like she's left the room, gone into another room, and he's already there in a the chair. But, um, you know, I'm assuming it's post-shower. 
But, um, yeah, just kind of like, you know, when obviously she's mentioning how she's like, you know, she was an escort and couldn't do it anymore and, uh, you know, met Bert. And I love kind of Christian's line there when he's like, oh, you couldn't, um, you quit sucking dick for lunch money. Um, just things like that. But yeah, just, I just love the whole setup there of like, you know, like, as you said, like, oh, I'll keep your secret. If you keep mine and watch your secret, then I made love to his wife before dinner. And it's just like, ooh, and then they just like, here we go. They do it. And like, this is what I just love kind of about this whole storyline about how, you know, you think, is this just going to be your standard? Oh, she's having an affair behind his back storyline. But you know, no, there's going to be so much more complex layers to just them, their affair storyline, which kind of just, you know, it's so, so like tense and intriguing and just, I don't know. I just love just how it plays out. And, um, yeah. You know, we talk we talk about Nip Tuck kind of bordering on the lines of soap operas and kind of, you know, how obviously sometimes it really goes too far with the soap opera side of things. But this to me is classic Nip Tuck when you kind of really toe that well-done soap opera line. Like, this is a soap opera storyline. But, like, I just love how it's done. Like, it's done so well. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of interesting kind of, you know, when we're obviously, uh, you know, coming to Larry Hagman, who I guess kind of, you'd argue his, you know, most well-known role outside of I Dream of Genie was, of course, JR on Dallas, which was, you know, a prime-time soap opera. So I kind of just love how they kind of play up to this, and I wonder if that's a deliberate thing by Ryan Murphy to, like, well, we've got, you know, Larry Hagman, let's kind of make this prime-time soap opera and amp it up a notch. So, um, yeah, I just love it. I just think it's just the way it's played out and just, just that line, like, I made, that I made love to his wife before dinner. It's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And we're probably skipping over a little bit, too, about the whole fact that, um, you know, she was a, Michelle was an escort for James um, yeah. in return for, you know, paying for her, her medical, medical school. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that, we're going to get more of that story going forwards as well. It's not the end of that one. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, obviously this is the whole thing about what James has kind of got over Michelle. And that's going to be kind of a, a – that is our driving force of the season, really, outside of the Connor stuff, I suppose. So, yeah, it is um, – it, it's pretty compelling stuff. This is our setup. Um, so we know where we're kind of going from here. And the, the show's not going to waste any time in getting into that in the next episode. So, yeah, no, look, looking forward to that, really. Um yeah, so I think that that's, that probably kind of covers that that little scene, and then we can go back to Julia and Marlo, and we, you know, he's still putting the finishing touches on this wall, I suppose. Um, and you know, we, we get this whole thing about you know the discussion about you know Julia basically says you know she should have got an abortion as as the the bottom line of this whole discussion. Um, Poor Connor, and, yeah, I mean, both his parents yeah, want him aborted. <laughs> yes, yes. It's um yeah it, it's pretty rough stuff isn't it um but I mean it, it, it's probably in keeping with it at least these guys are, are being honest about the whole thing um yeah and you know the, the the scene kind of you know comes to a climax at the end where um Julia ends up being able to being able to feed Connor which is you know this is where this whole thing's been ending um and yeah then we get kind of Sean walking in um and you know we, we get the whole thing of you know oh that's great that you're feeding but um you shouldn't be doing it while you're on antidepressants and she says she didn't start taking them yet and and poor sean as well i mean yeah, he probably shouldn't have been looking through her, her um you know her, her handbag but i, I kind of think that's a pretty natural assumption that if she's if she's gone that far to get them then the intention is to start taking them so yeah i can't blame sean for you know making you shouldn't have been going through the handbag but he also it's a pretty logical assumption that she is taking them um and then we kind of, the whole thing ends with, what does Sean say about the painting? It's like... It, it's, perfect world it's, before the fall or something that's like right. that. Yeah, yeah, perfect world before the fall. So I think probably with, with that line, and we're more or less through our setup episodes for this season, you know, we've kind of, all the pieces are in play and, and now it's time to kind of move forwards with the, with the action. So we're probably about to start kicking into second gear now. Which, I mean, that, that line summarises so much, yeah, exactly what's going to happen moving forward. Um, but the, <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a whole lot really to add, I guess, when it comes to kind of stuff here. I think you summed it up well and, you know, it's, yeah, everything around it. And I mean, you know, for such a sort of a, a storyline, kind of, it is very deep, kind of, as we said, like both his parents want him aborted. Um, but I don't know if you notice the line and I, I, I don't kind of understand it to the point where Julia says... We blew it with our normal healthy child. What hope do we have with this one? Now, she doesn't say children. She says child. Now, okay, Annie is technically their only natural child because Matt obviously is Christians. So are they basically implying we blew it with Annie because what, we ignored her and now she's just not going to change? Or 
are they referring to Matt because he's such a little shit and they're just ignoring Annie? So- yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that whole thing, like that again with the Simpsons reference. But you know, Maggie gets left out or forgotten half the time. And it's like, yeah, Annie is the Maggie of Nip Tuck, isn't she? Really? Yeah, she just gets completely forgotten. Um, yeah, I just, so, I just again, laugh yeah, so like- much at that. I've just literally written here. I've written the quote down and I put next to it Annie question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's just like. Well, maybe they're writing her off as well. You know, we screwed up one; the other we can't even remember. Um, yeah, she's so she's taping uh, baby's hands together. She's a wreck. Yes, yes. She's going to be eating and hair was... and being an emo before we know it. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much our episode. Um, so I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything more to that, or we can kind of go into our our um, ratings for the episode. All I just say is this may be tie into my rating, but just like you know, this again, just every time I watch this season, it just goes up and up and up so much in terms of a rewatch, and just you know, there's there's so little to fold about this season up until this point, and it's just going to me it continues that way because next episode's amazing. Like there's just so much to love about this season, and I just I just really hope we've got some diehard Nip Tuck fans have discovered us and they're on the the bandwagon of oh fourth terrible, you know. Um, that just, just just kind of hope we're selling it on because like one thing that I kind of just quickly I found interesting here and in looking at kind of the IMDb rated episodes, the bottom ten episodes according to IMDb, one of them is season four, which is going to be Connor McNamara twenty twenty six, regarded as the worst episode of Nip Tuck, uh, according to most people. You have one season five episode, Damien Sands, which I'll be absolutely honest with you, I can't remember that one too well. The rest are season six episodes. So the fact that, like, everyone hates season four, yet there's only one episode in it, which is, I guess, a fairly standard one for it to be in the bottom. But if you actually look at where a lot of season four episodes end up, there's a lot of middle road ranked ones and kind of a few that are sort of ranked in that top quarter. So I just kind of find it baffling to think there's like six definitely summarize there plenty well in the bottom ten that 80% of them. Uh, the bottom 10 episodes of season six episodes. But uh, again, I know you can't really take IMDb ratings for gospel because, you know, as we discovered on the third watch one, people just click on the things that they know and they're not necessarily the, you know, an, a legitimate rating system. But yeah, um, I just hope we're selling people it to this point. I really do hope we're starting to sell people on this season. Well, I think you've probably given away what your rating is there. Bye. But uh, go ahead and, yeah, go ahead and make it <laughs> official. I'm not, I'm not sure that you, if you wanted to add anything to that. No. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and so I'll follow you up as well. I think it's it's an easy buy for me as well. I think, um, and, and you know, that's exciting because if if we are saying that these first four episodes are our setup for this the season, and we've had double buys on all four, um, then you know that that sets us up really nicely. I mean, we should be getting a lot more buys in the season, and it's just yeah, like I think I've said a few times, it's refreshing. It's just a breath of fresh air this season. It's um, you know, it, it, it just feels even though we've got some pretty meaty storylines, it's still it just feels lighter and you know less yeah i don't know like i'm not quite sure what the right word is but it just felt very heavy last time and um it just feels like we're getting back to to what makes the show really good and um yeah i mean i'm not sure when was the last time we had four double buys in a row you'd, you'd know and it's it's probably been a while if ever well uh we've never had because um as i said a couple of weeks ago the the record for in a row was four uh, previously held by you between six and nine and kind of in that, that was a period where I binned Agatha Rip. So, um, you know, the, I, I bought sort of three on either side of that, but, um, yeah, so this is the first time for you and I, at least, I mean, other shows, I know we've done it. The third watch, we're on a huge streak going on there, at least the time of recording for bites. But, um, this is just looking at kind of each of our seasons so far. I mean, if we, uh, the four, first four episodes, season one, uh, you and I were exactly the same. We'd bought three out of the four and rented one. Season two, you know, as much as I talked that up and kind of said this is one of the greatest overall TV series of all time, uh, you had bought two, rented two. I'd bought three, rented one. Uh, season three last year, which obviously we, you know, last season, I should say, uh, similar thing for me there. I'd bought three, rented one. You had bought two, rented two. So, uh, you know, four seasons in, uh, and this is kind of our first time we've got a, a perfect start to a season. And I think kind of the only times we've ever done that here on the Oz Network out of the three shows that we cover, are Lost from Memory, the beginning of Season 1. Yet the first five were both buys uh, for both Noah and myself. And if I quickly scroll down here to look at Third Watch, Season 2, I definitely know for me at least I would have started off with, I mean, I started off with nine buys in a row. 
So, uh, and that was at least a few double buys there at the beginning as well. So, yeah, this is first for Nip Tuck here that we've kind of started off perfectly here. Yeah, so for a season that is derided by many, it's, it's yeah. actually lining up to be the best so far. Which is so far, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure we're gonna we're gonna be able to keep this momentum, but it, it does really set us up in a nice way. So yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's a great place to be. I've got to say. Yeah, completely agree with you. Completely agree. And I mean, it's it can. I'm, I'm saying it right now. It continues next week because Dawn Budge is an amazing episode. And I fucking love Dawn Budge the character as well. Whether or not you like Rosie O'Donnell or not, I absolutely love this woman and I love her character. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely um, second that. It, it is, it's a, it's a um, great character. Um, it's really well done. Um, I think this is kind of like the. Um, I think I've said it before, but I think it's the um, the Mrs. Grubman 2.0. Um, but you know, not exactly the same for sure. But um, you know, some similar kind of things going on there. And yeah, it's, it's a great episode. Um, so yeah, I think we we could be we could be tracking for five out of five, which would be unbelievable, uh, really. I'm pretty sure we will. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see myself doing anything less than buying. Uh, yeah, because just I think any I think she's in at least four episodes three episodes maybe rosie o'donnell but i i kind of think it's like it's just it just never wears thin to me i just i just love her so much like as in the character i actually don't mind rosie o'donnell if i'm completely honest with you. it's probably a very unpopular opinion uh i can see why some people don't like her. i mean survivor wise of course i'm not going to like her in survivor but i mean you know like uh i'm a huge fan of the movie a league of their own i love her in that and just kind of everything i've kind of seen her in like i remember randomly watching her talk show when that was a thing uh, and she also had a cameo in uh, Third Watch. So um, I- I'm waiting to find if we're going to get an actor who's been in all three of the shows that we're covering, Lost, Third Watch, and Nip Tuck. I'm-, I'm guaranteeing there's got to be at least one or two. But we seem to be yeah, covering off the yeah. two out of threes here a few times. But uh, we'll yeah. find one who's been in all three. I'm sure we will. Yeah, no, for sure. There'll be somebody who'll pop up at some point. Yeah. Well, no, that's cool. Well, it's um, it's all positive here, which is exciting. Um, so I hope you guys are digging this this season as much as we are. Um, but um, as always, we're really keen to get your feedback and uh, make sure you you drop us a rating on on iTunes. Um, check us out on all the the usual social media spaces that you'd find us in, whether that be Facebook or Twitter or YouTube. Um, we're there. Um, we're also on Stitcher Radio. So um, are we? I think we are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I am listening to you when you do these things at the end. Good job. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, um, make sure you uh, you come and check us out there. Um, yep, all that usual stuff. It's great to uh, be uh, talking to you about this. Looking forward to coming back and uh, talking about episode five, Dawn Budge. But uh, in the meantime, I'm Nick, and uh, I'll be home tonight thinking of your hands on me. And my name is Ben, and oh, look who stopped by to check on my own bowls. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.